0: What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, then real is simply...
1: R-N-N.
2: R-N-N. I still am embedded into the whole culture of it, so it's beyond just being a fan listening to the music
1: R-N-S
2: How do you define real? Necessary
1: Shit, talk to him. <laughs> Problem with these other niggas, they ain't never real I think real when we talk about being real being real is always
2: that's why i'm a
0: real nigga that's why i'm on some no, shit that's, that's why you're a real man
3: All right, all right, all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of RNS Radio Live on RoomserviceRadio.com. I am your host. My name is Nanski One, a.k.a. Rain Omega, the hostess with the mostest who's the brokest. Uh, (laughs) With that being said, man, um, I'm excited, man. First of all, let me uh, preface by saying this. Um, It is February 7th. It's the first Sunday of Black History Month. For those of y'all who don't know, I mean, I personally celebrate Black History 365 days a year but i figured it would be nice to uh sort of do like a spotlight on black creatives and black artists to give you all a chance to become familiar with some people that you may or may not have been introduced to before now so uh today i have the pleasure of sitting down via zoom all the way across the country from my hometown akron ohio to 330 what up uh with my homeboy uh mr smith kimani smith man he's a dope lyricist he's an mc he's a conscious brother um he's a teacher i mean like literally a teacher he works with the youth man he's got a ton of stuff going on uh, i'm gonna get him on the line right now um but in the meantime let's talk about a couple things that um you know has been going on recently in uh, recent events um so i guess i'll start by saying that i'm extremely grateful for this process that just actually popped into my head and i was thinking about all the stuff i've been going through in the last couple years um, you know, I don't I don't talk about my personal life that much on the air, but uh, man, I was going through some shit. I'll be honest with you about that. <laughs> and um, to be blessed to be sitting in this chair right now, man, I'm looking around the layout. I'm looking at the, uh, the studio and it's, it's a beautiful place. Uh, so I got to give my gratitude to the people who made this possible. So, again, shout out to my producers, K Fly, uh, Ms. Love and Triv for um, giving me a place to do this thing and hopefully to bring these stories to y'all. Uh, I've been extremely blessed to live a long prosperous life in the culture that I call hip hop. I've met so many amazing people and then now through this new process of building a podcast and then moving into the internet radio space and um, man it's just been it's been building exponentially. I've met just in this last couple months of moving over to this platform and you know broadening my horizons that way. I've met man tons of people, man. People have been reaching out to me. Uh, people have been, you know, I've been reaching out to people who I wouldn't say that I was afraid to uh, to reach out to, but that I was like, you know, I want to come correct if I'm going to sit down with this brother or this sister and have a conversation uh, about their journey in hip-hop. Because, you know, I think, um, and I've talked about this before, I think one of the most important things is that we continue to uh, build and grow as a community, as a culture. Um, it's a worldwide thing, you know, obviously, if you're familiar with the culture. Most people uh are introduced to hip-hop through music right because it's the biggest i would say it's the biggest part of the pie but for me uh, i've been lucky in the last 25 years or so uh, (laughs) ah that number is big i've been i'm an old man um but i've been blessed to experience different parts of this culture man and my journey has been incredible man through um you know uh being an mc Uh, I still rap from time to time, but it's not realistic for a 40-year-old man to start a rap career, so let's just leave that where it's at. Um, And, you know, I did the graffiti thing until I went to jail a bunch of times, and uh, my mom decided that that was not acceptable. So, (laughs) you know, I had to cut that down. And um, then, you know, like, uh, I had my homeboys on last week, and we were talking about the DJ thing. And, um, uh, you know, it's like, it's expensive to be a DJ, man. It's expensive to do anything professionally, but, you know, I never had really the financial well-being to, to do that. And then, you know, obviously with the B-boying, uh, that was one of my biggest passions. That was one of my biggest loves for a long time. And, um, you know, until I got injured. And I mean, a little bit before that, I had kind of took a step back. But then when I got injured, um, it was it was not feasible for me to keep doing that. But uh, man, I really love this culture, man, and and it extends to much more than that, in my opinion. You know, it's there's a lifestyle that goes with it, and me and my cousin talked about this a lot. We talk about this a lot because we old grumpy men embracing the the, I guess you would say the spectrum of what is hip hop. So for those of y'all who may or may not know, hip hop was uh, started in the Bronx in the mid to uh, late 1970s with influences of uh, black, African, Latin, and uh, other cultures you know there was the the kung fu the chinese influence from like the bruce lee movies but i mean if we had to really sit down and, and brass tax it it is is primarily a black and brown culture and i don't mean that in a way to make anybody feel some type of way because it's a global movement now and everybody's welcome as long as you wipe your feet on the rug before you come in but um you know back in the day um this was a thing that you know my people and 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 other guests were allowed to enjoy and historically speaking man like um i will say pop but like mainstream culture has always had a habit of taking the the things that they like about hip-hop and leaving the people in the dust that kind of made it happen you saw it in the 80s with b-boys or break dancers or whatever you want to call it uh you know mar- being marketed to the public as like this kind of flashy like yeah you can break dance too but did, nobody got no check from it, so... And then, you know, with hip-hop music being, pff, I would say, probably the biggest form of entertainment in the world. Uh, musically, definitely, but even, like, it, you know, hip-hop music is, is, in my opinion, bigger than the film industry. It's huge. It's a multi-billion dollar industry that does not generate wealth for the communities of people who uh, made it happen. You know, so, um... And I don't say that like to come from a negative place. But I do say that, you know, historically, the world has a habit of liking hip hop, but not liking the people that created hip hop. And that's unfortunate. Uh, So one of the things that I try to do with these conversations is to build and grow with people from different backgrounds, different uh, racial or ethnic uh, backgrounds, religious, gender, um, you know, sexual identity, um, people from all over and try to make that. A way for us a vessel for us to be able to communicate to each other um, you know kind of how we feel I always tell people that um, hip-hop culture is is the black community's way of allowing people uh, uh, an easy way to understand where we're coming from right and again I know there would be some people out there like well you ain't even all the way black but uh, sit down shut up don't tell me how to live my life <laughs> um, but yeah so you know like I think it's a, it's a cultural movement that allows people access to a, uh, an otherwise inaccessible group of people, man, and um, and that's on both sides of the fence. It's inaccessible from our perspective of we don't really want y'all in our shit, and I don't mean y'all by I mean like what state you know what happens in the community is kind of a, a community thing, and it's on the other side of the fence of being like a, a historically fearful or like misunderstood group of people where it's like, uh, we don't know if it's cool to go over here and do this thing. And um, really, this is a way to like bridge the gap so everybody can kind of sit down at the table, break bread, show love. And, you know, you got your haters and you got people that are not about that life, as they say. But I mean, really, this is a good opportunity, especially in this new generation, where there's a lot of more open minded artists, a lot more conversation and definitely a lot more technical accessibility um, and ease user-friendly ways to get your product or your art or your music to a global market for us to kind of like build a, a kind of like an arc, so to speak of how we can, you know, excuse me, you know, grow together. But yeah, with that being said, man, um, I'm really grateful to be able to do this i'm uh, i'm trying to do this on the fly like this technical thing is all new to me so like every week i come in here and i'm like is it going to work or are we going to be able to do the thing and um so you know just bear with me uh, like i said i'm grateful to be able to do this process but yeah man i think this is a good opportunity it's a good platform uh, to, to foster those relationships, man, and build and grow with each other as a community so we can keep pushing this envelope and also kind of teaching the rest of the world that isn't hip hop culture, uh, how to treat us. You know what I mean? Like we're going in, I, you know, we had the, the issue, um, before where, you know, like the, um, the Olympics is coming up, uh, there in 2022, there's the Birmingham games, which is going to be a, a, like a, kind of like a prototype platform, Uh, where we can get down and do that Um, so we have an opportunity to create a vessel to to put this thing into the world and um, yeah man I'm grateful to be a part of it I'm really grateful to be a part of it and without further ado uh, we just got my brother Mr. Smith on the line so I'm gonna go ahead and take a second to uh, play a track from his upcoming album his album drops February 13th it's called More Love Uh, this track is called Empower I'm gonna let it rock and then we're gonna sit down we're gonna have a conversation so, uh, yeah, I hope you all enjoy it, man. I'm extremely grateful to be able to do this. And uh, moving forward, man, I- I'm looking forward to sitting down with his brother and, and-, and kind of picking his brain. So, yeah, this is Empower from Mr. Smith off the More Love e- uh, LP that's dropping on February 13th. And we'll be right back.
4: I stay with a story to tell. If it don't empower, then it's corny as hell. No misties or felonies, I'm foreign to jail. I engage, soon as never say it's boring as hell. Aquarius, on water, I was born with a sail. Bones prevalent like I'm going to excel. No Nicky Van, still I'm going to excel, Give them quicksand, they like Grey getting all of them pails. I analyze all the things that simply cause me to fail. Now I'm born steel, Born steel harder than rails. Jumpin' cheesy, Velveeta along with the shells, throw the bob. Send it down like LeBron on the trail. Can't compare apples to or oranges, a back to a Dell. I'm messed up, sit back, relax with your L. Hard bars anytime that I job with a gel. Well, if it don't empower, then it's corny as hell. They say go to war, but I ain't going like I'm Cassius Clay. Government planned it to take the low and middle students so is missing i don't learn it cause ain't no class today elderly is average cause any day they could pass away keep my distance and stay out of the mix is it ironic that social distance is a six feet under like underneath the dirt in the sticks keep a thought in a heart watch how you stir in your grits like reggie miller perfected the work of the wrists. For rest and determine the gist As Uncle Herm and are, they know that I'm sick Can we go back to when lyrics was really legit? Dread brought the wick, so I'm keeping it lit I can do kindness, but Mr. Smith killing with wit I hung with styles, evidence I really could spit Work ethic or grit, it ain't in me to quit I stay with a story to tell If it don't empower, then it's corny as hell
3: All right, all right. We are back. And I am on the line, three thousand two hundred and thirteen miles away, man. My brother, Mr. Smith. How you doing? What's going on, brother? Can you hear me? Hold on, wait, we got some audio. Uh yeah, just give us one second, but we gotta get the audio lined up. But uh yeah, man. This is this uh this is a dope opportunity, man. I'm excited about this. We uh hold on. It's all good. It's all good. Apologies for the technical uh, difficulties, y'all. Like I say, this is uh, this is a new process, so we're trying to get the um, get the Zoom thing cracking. Uh, but as soon as we get the sounds live, we will be dropping this interview, man. And um, yeah, I said three thousand two hundred thirteen miles because I was I'm, I was born and raised in Akron, and I drove to Las Vegas, October eleventh, two thousand and four. So I know exactly how long of a drive it is. That's uh, that's a bit of useless information for y'all from my travels around the world. So um yeah, let's see what's up with the uh with the sound. What's that? You got audio, brother? Can I, can you can you hear me? Uh no worries, no worries stay uh, bear with us y'all bear with us um while we sort this out Or something is that you brother can you speak real quick so I can uh yeah can you hear me yeah we got audio we live we got it all right bet. there we go there we go can we get the background sounds in and then we'll get this thing going all
0: right sounds good brother
3: so yeah uh while she's while she's getting the music set up man uh first of all man thank you so much for sitting down with me today brother man I appreciate you no doubt yeah man um it's nice thank to, you it's thank nice you to, uh, for having me Oh no 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 worries, brother man. I'm I'm grateful. Um, so oh, real quick, real quick, uh, while we get this started, are you uh you originally you were born and raised in Akron?
0: Yes, sir, born and raised.
3: Yeah, that's what uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. That's the town right there. I was uh, I was born and raised in Akron myself. I moved out here in 2004. Graduated from East High School, class of '98, because I'm old. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's what's up, man. It always makes me feel good to see people from where I'm from doing big things, man. repping. Um, for sure. So yeah, without further ado, man, let's uh, let's get into this thing. You ready?
0: Definitely, man. I'm ready.
3: All right, uh, real quick, man. Can you just uh, introduce yourself to the audience, man? Tell a little, just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into like the background and stuff like that.
0: For sure. <laughs> well, I go by the uh, I go by the stage name Mr. Smith because I'm a teacher, and uh, before, before Mr. Smith, I used to call myself, my stage name was, it was Sweet Honey, you know what I'm saying? And so that's when I was like 18, 19. So, you know, as I grew up or grew older, it was like I kind of had to, you know, transition from that. And so being that I'm a teacher, I actually teach at African Public Schools currently. I'm a special ed teacher. Uh, that's my profession. Um, I just, I just thought it would be best to call myself Mr. Smith. So that's what I roll with. So, Born and raised Akron, Ohio, eighty-seven. Uh, birthday is in February. Uh, be, I'll be 34 next Friday. Right on. Um, uh, I'm an avid bowler, so I, I was blessed to obtain a bowling scholarship from Linda Wood. I was out in St. Louis for several years doing that. Um, I have one daughter. Uh, music is my passion. I use it to educate, entertain, and inform. And, uh... I mean, that's basically it. I don't really do too much, but just raise my daughter at teach, you know, work on the craft, and uh, I've been rehabbing my knee because I also was a basketball player. I actually played basketball at East my freshman or, excuse me, my sophomore year.
3: All right. All right.
0: All all right. Was, like, so just trying to bring everything together as far as my passions: all in music and education. Trying to just put all of those in one and uh, essentially create my own lane, you know. That's real. Yeah. also don't perfect any of my music, so.
3: Yeah, I saw that um when you've been posting the uh the sixteen bar challenges, man, with the no cursing thing. I think I don't think a lot of people realize uh how much of an impact artists have on the youth, right? So sure. just to be able to set the precedent or the example that like it's possible to be dope, have skills without falling into the, the you know, the um the stereotypes of what people, you know, think that, that you have to do to to be hip-hop or you know to be dope you know it's like you know i think that's i think that's a dope example man so um we're gonna go back we go all the way back so so you 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 bowl and so that means you probably spend a lot of time at stonehenge
0: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i'm yeah. cool with the owner i'm oh, cool yeah. with the owner actually yeah fred borden is his name he's a world renowned coach uh, one of the best coaches in the world so I've I've been blessed to work with him and uh, his understudy which is Jerry Edwards another world renowned coach. Um so yeah, I've spent a lot of time at a lot of time at Stonehedge. Uh typically I bowl at Riviera which in my opinion is the toughest bowling alley in the city of Akron. All right, all right. <laughs> strike awesome. there. You can learn how to strike anywhere.
3: Yeah. That's true. That's true. So um okay, so you're you're roughly I mean you're you're not too much younger than I am, but you're around the same generation as far as like growing up uh in Akron in the eighties and the nineties. And so, um, you know, like I, I always relate the experience to people because I came up um I don't know if you're familiar with uh Ace and D, the producers, they out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. They uh they they uh we they had a little studio on the north side and we used to go um we used to go up there and record records and and uh you know it was it was one of my first experiences with hip hop music in Akron, but Uh, also you know Ohio hip-hop has a special place in my heart so let's talk about that let's uh, let's talk about first of all like um, from your perspective experience growing up in Akron and how that relates to like you know you getting into hip-hop and and getting into music and stuff like that
0: right I just think a lot of people here listen to a little bit of everything so like I have an older brother and sister and you know they listen from the uh, obviously, like the No Limit, the Cash Monies, but they also listen to like the Seabows and the Brother Lynches and the Brats. And I mean, I think I think I think people here are just very well-rounded music wise. It's not just one one genre or or uh, just well-rounded, man, listen, to a little bit of everything. So um, as far as like the hip hop, I feel like my best friend. Uh, my best friend Brian. He kind of introduced me to like Knife Wonder and the Little Brothers, and you know, like the Jay Dilla. And so, like once I heard that stuff, I'm like, man, like this is incredible, you know. And I've been a fan since. So I just think growing up, though, know, just hearing everything from my siblings allowed me to like pr- pretty be to be well rounded for the most part uh, as far as music, not just you know one specific uh, artist. Uh, just a lot
3: of artists. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was kind of the same for me. Like, I I mean, you know, we we listened to like um I had some homeboys that were really into West Coast, you know, like Tupac and and uh you know the Bay Area, Sibo, Selly, Cell, sure, uh, yeah. You know, like Rick, uh, Richie Rich, that kind of stuff. E forty in them, and then yeah. I and then when I moved, I, I transitioned. I, I used to went I used to go to Ellet schools. And then I got kicked okay. out in my sophomore year because I was a wild kid. But then I went to East and I met some some homeboys over there, and they were listening to like Wu Tang and and then okay. like a lot of East Coast hip hop. And so that was kind of like the change, the formative years. But yeah, man. And then you know, of course, you you have Bone uh, from Northeast Ohio. We got we got some we got some roots in Ohio hip hop, and then the Midwest in general, like Chicago, Twista. Uh, you know, for those, sure. those kind of cats. Sure. But yeah, like you said, when I when I first I think for me it was like. I heard um, one day, no, what was it? Resurrection, common, common sense. He used to be called back. Okay, uh, okay. And then uh, then the roots and stuff like that. And like, I was the same way. I was so used to a certain style or mentality that when I heard brothers rapping about something to me that was important, you know, like the consciousness and and like uplifting the community and and being a better, you know, being a better man and, and like trying to, you know, um, reverse the cycle of uh single parent families or, or like just trying to just trying to create a better environment. I was like, yeah, this is what's up. This is and you can do it and be dope, right? For sure. So um so yeah, so you grew up with a different musical background and then uh how'd you get into um making music? What 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 was that process?
0: Man, what's crazy is it just it just all of a sudden happened. So my sophomore year, when I went to East, uh, Coach White used to pick up a guy by the name of Kirk Carey. His rap name is A.O. Mm. So, after my sophomore year, that following year, A.O. had his own studio in Spring Hill. And they were taking music seriously at the time. You know, I was just hanging around, just like soaking all that in. That's just like, a, uh, now they're. Ao is about your age, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older. In fact, he graduated my sophomore year. So he's a little younger than you. You graduated when my sister graduated, in '98. She right. graduated. Where I go. But I just started hanging around the studio and soaking up everything. Uh AO and, and, and some of the other people within his coalition, which was called Invision at that time, what they were doing. And as I was doing that, I started to get in the studio. Mm-hmm. I started to learn how to write. Then I was always a freestyler. I didn't know how to write. I just like, if I heard a dope beat or if I was feeling it, then I, I let it out. You know what I mean? And over time, hanging around them, I actually learned how to write. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't a writer. I was just a freestyler. And honestly, it was, it was true freestyle. Like I hadn't written anything. It just was from the heart. You know, it was, it was just spirited. I look at it now, just talking to me. So, my junior and senior year, I started recording with them, um and also something in the game that they were doing as far as you know, really taking music serious. And then I went to college. I didn't really start. I didn't really record too much during my college years. Again, I still was freestyling, like with friends. We might be drinking or whatever, and they'd be like, "Man," they'd tell me to rap, or if I feel it, I would rap. I really didn't start taking it serious until I came back home from college, I wrote a song or I wrote a verse to Ninth Wonders uh B call I don't care and I shot a video at Bukto. From there, um, I just started taking it serious, but it was also therapy. So it wasn't like I was like trying to make it bigger nothing. It was just therapy for me. I met a janitor at Bukto by the name of Terrell Riley and he's a gospel artist. So I started recording with him when I when I came home in like two thousand 15 ish, right? And so since then, I just never stopped. So it kind of just was different experiences that happened over time to allow me to like use music as therapy, but then also sharpen up my tool as far as writing and recording and just learning about the music game. So it started in high school and then it slowly but surely progressed in increments, you know, as time went on. That's what's
3: up. That's what's up. And I think that, you know, um, for a lot of a lot of MCs, man, we, we kind of go through that process. First of all, I wanted to, to give props and point this out to people that may be listening. When he said freestyle, he mean freestyle. Like, I don't – it's not when – and I'm older, so I'm cranky. But, like, they'd be like, yeah, this is so-and-so, such-and-such freestyle. And I'm like, that's a verse. He wrote that. Like, you can hear that. Man, we would roast you. Like, if you came to the cypher and you had a verse that you wrote and we was freestyling – you, yeah. Oh no, that was unacceptable. And you know, people always say, "Oh, words change, things change." Nah, no, freestyle. You know what I mean? Like you come in the door, and whatever the beat make you do, that's what you do. So that made me smile, man. That made me happy because I know you. You're from the school. If you if you know that, so um, definitely. But that's dope, man. And like you said, it, it's just it, for us too. For me and my my cousins and stuff, it was just something that we did. We, I mean, we was like a rap group, but you know, like we. We would just go places and rap. We would go downtown uh, High Street when the library okay. used to be down there, or bef- the old library. Before yeah, 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 The new one. And then, you know, we would go to the bookto dances when they would have the high school dances. And, you know, like we would go to football, like to the rubber bowl, to the football games. We would just cipher everywhere. Like if, if it was somebody rapping, we was rapping. I remember they used to have these little parties over there on – um, what street was Goldie's on? Do you remember Goldie's Skating Rink? Uh,
0: is that on? Is that was that the one that was on Copley?
3: Yes, yes, it was on Copley Copley Road. Road.
0: It's a uh, church.
3: Uh, there was these cats. I don't. They're still. I mean, they're my mentors in hip hop out there too. But uh, called Ill Style Rockers is a breakdancing crew, b boy crew. Uh Um, but they would throw parties over there and have MC battles and stuff. And and we would go out there and get down. And and man, that was it. Was just fun. It was just something that we did and we you know we like to do. But um, yeah, so then, like you said, you you went, got your education, came back, and and clicked up with somebody, and that put you in the the mind frame to be able to do this. And um, so, is it difficult? Here's here's a good question while while we're uh, on the subject. Before we get into like influences and stuff like that, is it difficult? Because I used to swear up and down that I I like, man being an Akron da 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 da. I used to always think I had to go somewhere to get like to get any kind of rec- recognition. Like I always wanted to move to the West Coast, which I ended up doing, but not because of like hip hop. I just moved because my family moved. But like, I was okay. like, man, you ain't gonna get nowhere. Is it difficult, do you think, being an artist in the Midwest now, like to be able to um, expand your audience and reach multiple people? Like, do you have problems with that? Or do you think it's just?
0: I think, I think uh, yeah, man. Um, it's funny you say that because my uncle, his daughter. So I just was on my phone. Fo- I was on the phone today with my uncle. I don't know if you ever heard of a band Revelation Funk. He was in Revelation Funk. So his daughter, I was talking to her, my cousin Brittany. I just met her, right? My cousin. And she was like, dude, why are you here? Like, why are you in Akron? She like, if you really want that exposure, you got to go. And as I, as long as I've been doing it seriously, I see what she's talking about because it's, it's most of the people, I can't say most of the people here, but like a girl I graduated with was like, you don't make jigaboo music. And so yeah. I don't get the attention like an amp and Chino or, and nothing against the know Chino Nino. I, I don't, I don't make that type of music. You know what I mean? Like, so it's hard getting people's attention with the content that I have, you know, where I feel like if I was in a bigger place, it would definitely help. So to answer your question, yes, it is tough. And it is tough because I'm also independent too. Mm. And it's just me. You know what I mean? I don't have nobody backing me. I don't have nobody funding me. Like I fund 100% everything myself. So um, I I I think it would help if I was in a bigger market. Right. Especially with the content that I have. So yeah, it is tough, man. Sometimes, there's been numerous times where I've been like, man, I'm, I'm about to just chop this up. I'm about to just. you know um and eventually i come out of that mentality but i feel like being in a small city where most people don't want to hear music that will empower educate it can definitely be challenging to really reach a large group of people
1: so Mm.
3: yeah yeah. i agree i mean we um that was one of the biggest struggles too. I think uh is that like it's funny that you mention Chino Nino and the Flambinos. Man, we uh we used to have um not problems, but we used to have it was difficult. We would go to open mics, we would go to parties, and we were like a very niche group of of rappers, right? And mm-hmm. it, like you say the 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 environment wasn't always conducive to uh our style of music, you know what I'm saying? So um for, sure. for me I always felt the same way but also at times I wish that I would have pushed harder to um not like put Akron on but to to be able to do things out of my base you know what I mean like I I, I was born and raised that's where I grew up I didn't leave until I was 24 and um you know most of my hip hop experience up until this point was in Akron so you know what uh-huh. I mean like I got influenced by like a certain, you know, certain different types and different genres, but I always brought Ohio hip hop style. Even when I moved to Las Vegas in 2004, I um I still had the attitude and the um the style that I got from growing up in Ohio, man. And when people asked me where I was from, it took me years to tell people I was from Vegas or the, not from Vegas, but like when people would ask me where I was from, I'd be like, man, I'm from. I'm from Akron. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be in yeah. Los Angeles. Where are you from, bro? Bro, I'm from Akron. You know what I mean? Or, or like, anywhere, man. You know, I, we, w- we would go all over, especially when I was breaking. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm moving around a lot. My computer was about good? to die. But um, especially when I was, you know, B-boying, I would travel all over, man. Up Seattle, Texas, Florida, New York, Philly, and it made me feel good. To, to rep where to rep where I was from. You know what I mean? Like man, I'm from Akron. Sure. Like, this is Akron. This is Ohio hip hop. But um with that being said, let's talk a little bit about um your influences in music. Once you started taking it seriously, like um your influences and then artists that you gravitate towards like as far as like style and collabs and stuff like that. If you don't For mind. Sure.
0: Well, I'm a I'm a I'm a heavy heavy J dilla fan, man. It's beats that I didn't I didn't even know he made until like recently, within the last two or three years. Um, just because, not just because, but I shot a video at Dilla Delight, which actually closed down because of COVID, mm. um, in downtown Detroit. But uh, I had a, a good experience with Jay Dilla's uncle and then Jay Dilla's cousin, Herm, his uncle Herm, and his um, cousin Herm Jr. But I would listen to Jay Dilla tracks repeatedly over and over and over in college in a car while I was studying before I went to sleep. Um so definitely, definitely highly influenced by Jay Dilla. And I really feel like because you could really feel his, his music, you could feel his beats, you could feel at least I can, you could really feel the energy and like where he was coming from with it. Like I don't know. Like I just I, I feel a certain type of way when I hear a Dilla beat, like, and this is beats that I haven't even heard that I'll hear, and I'm like, man, like, dude, really put that work in, like, they said that's all he did. So I'm definitely heavily influenced by like the Dillas, and, like, of course, like Ninth Wonders, you know, the Little Brothers, almost anybody hip hop, but I'm I'm big on Dilla. His birthday actually is today, so rest in peace, Dilla.
3: Yo, that's crazy.
0: Dilla's birthday. It's a day, man.
3: That was means- today, would have been today. So Dylan and uh, also another legendary producer, Nujabes, Junseba, one of the Japanese artists. You know, they share I- a birthday. How crazy is that, man?
0: I just seen it on one of my friend's pages. He did a a freestyle with beat, uh, at least on the radio. So I don't know if it was a true freestyle. It sounded like he wrote it, right? It was dope. So- <laughs> And uh, I'm not too familiar with that producer though, Japanese. I've heard some of his beats, but I don't know much about him though.
3: I mean, you know, he's a similar similar vein. Um he, you know, real laid back chill kind of groove, funky, uh you okay. know, drum break samples. Um I don't know if you're familiar with the um Oh man, what what show was that? It's a But I can't remember off the top of my head, but the level of like talent um the innovative techniques and the styles that they used both to have two kind of uh, legendary producers be born on the same day is um kind of incredible that makes me feel much much better about the the flow of this interview because it's like you know we kind of uh we're in good company man we're in good company sure. right definitely yeah dilla man he's um he was something else man he was uh yeah he was a genius <laughs> he was I really know. genius.
0: he was definitely ahead of his time man he was ahead of his time
3: so sure with um that sort of influence like that kind of gives like it kind of sheds light on on um uh, the state of mind you know and uh would you say that that's kind of been not the lane but like Kind of like a guiding light in terms of like what you gravitate towards, because I know you say you want to, you, you you know, you want to teach, you want to empower, you know, you want to inspire. So that's definitely a um, you know a good style to do that with. Uh, would you say that um, that is kind of not carved out a path? Okay, what am, I'm trying to think about. I lost my train of thought because I was doing all this this fumbling over. It. But would you say that that's kind of like giving you direction in terms of like, you know, like when you find something that's kind of like, I like the way this feels. I like the energy of this. And yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to not like copy it, but like create my own, make somebody feel the way this made me feel movement.
0: For sure. Yeah. I, I would say yes, man. I would say like, if you, if you were to listen to my catalog, it's funny, this female, I don't know. She listened to my music and she responded back and she said, I sound like a common or like a conscious rapper. She might not even say a common. She said a conscious rapper rapping over trap beats. And I'm like, dang, that's the perception that I have. Not that it's a bad thing, but I feel like I sound better over beats like that have that soul, that have that sample in them. Not that I can't rap or don't feel trap beats. Because the song, I remade a dealer tracker. Mm. And, it, and it has a trap sound. But I feel like after doing this for, you know, four or five years now, I feel like my lane is more so a Dylan-type style. Not that I will completely refrain from, like, trap-type beats. Um, because one of my producers, I mean, he could do whatever. You know what I mean? But if you listen to my catalog, you'll actually hear a balance of both. Yeah. My first album to support EP... Was produced by one of my friends. I played wobble with. But well, if you're familiar with West African baseball
1: league, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, all those are boom bat beats. Then after that, I dropped Ladies Lyrics and Music, Music of Motivation, Volume Twenty Two, and that's like a combination of everything. It's like a combination of soul, combination of trap, combination of hip hop. You know, a little bit of everything, and so now. I'm like, dang, even my engineer now, nah, he like, man, he like, I sound good over the beats that my album, my, my current album, or my album, that's the to drop sounds on. So I think that's the lane that I need to stay in. Not that I wouldn't rap over beats, but I feel like that is, that's what's best for me. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I think I'm going to stick more so to that type of sound that makes sense, you know,
3: yeah, I mean, not. I mean, I want to talk about the project, the album as a whole, uh, on the next segment after we play these next couple of tracks. But the fair. ones that I listened to, the ones you sent me, I mean, I played awesome, uh, featuring November Williams. Shout out to her, man. She's real dope. I like. I, well, I mean, I know you sent me the link to her page, but I have been listening to her sound from through you because I know y'all had collab before. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but um. That, and then, you know, the Empower joint that we just played, and then a little bit later, we're going to play uh Sky High. I'm going to close out with that. It's a real, man, it's a real peaceful, like, it's just kind of just...
1: My
0: dude, like, you smoke a part of that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a real laid-back <laughs> you know I mean? vibe, man. And, and mm-hmm. um
3: it's a good feeling, man. It's a good... Because everything right now is so ADD. Everything is so, like... You know, obviously, you got 15 seconds on your story. You got a minute on your on your on your timeline. You got, you know, ch- 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 all over the place, man. And it's like, it's nice to to have a vibe in in, a, in an album that you can just kind of sit back and be like, I'm gonna play this all the way through. It's gonna be it's gonna be you know it's gonna it's gonna keep you in that that wavelength of just peace, you know, serenity. And then like you get to hear, you know, like when you tune into the lyrics, you're like, oh, okay. You know, it's like um, not subliminal messaging, but kind of in a way. Because, you know, a lot of times people just, most people consume things at first as a whole. So they hear the whole project. They hear the beats. They hear the the tone of voice. They hear the the way that it sounds, the vibe, the way it makes them feel. And then, like, upon replay after replay, they go back and, they, you know, depending on what might be going on in their life, they get, you know, something will jump out to them like, oh, dang, he said... That's right, man. I was just going through that, so you know, it's it's nice to have identifiable music that's also real, real smooth and well well produced, man. Like the production value, it's it's a, it's a beacon for people as independent artists to be like, you can make quality sounding music that sounds how you want it to sound, man. So, man, I'm looking forward to the album as a whole. Um, but one more thing I wanted to touch on before we go to our next break is uh, let's talk about. Being a teacher in multiple senses of the word, but also being like an actual teacher. I got a homeboy from one of uh, my my dance crew out here that uh, he's a math teacher, but he's like the cool teacher because he break dances and, you know, he's like a younger dude. So let's talk about that, like, um, you know, how it feels to be a teacher, but also being somebody that the kids can identify with, look up to, relate to and being like, there's a positive role model in my life. Who also, like you said, if it don't empower, is corny as hell. But he not corny. He's a, he's making me feel like I can be cool without falling into these these uh, preconceived notions and traps that are set in society for certain groups of individuals. You know, let's look let's over that a little bit.
0: Man, it's just overall dope. So you know, I had a student send me a message. Let's see, I'm trying to think when he graduated. I, I can't say his name. I could because he's no longer a student, but. I guess his name was Chris. I don't even know his last name, right? But Chris sent me a message from the I Don't Care song that I shot at Bukto. And it was just so dope how he made this connection. He was like, man, Mr. Smith, when you said, uh, what did I say? I said, uh, get your education as Burger King over his hard lay. And then he expanded on it. Get your education as Burger King over his hard labor. He like, man, Mr. Smith, like, that's so real, man, because... I, has, I saved the message. I don't think I have it any longer, but it was so dope that after he graduated that he made the connection um, of, he understands the value of education and kind of how our world is as far as trying to get a good job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. something that I think that all educators can relate to is that we teach students and we, we want them to get something in, in our time. You know what I'm saying? And there's students who are going to get it. All of them are going to get it in their own time, whether it's during high school, whether it's after high school. So I would say what's dope to me is students being able to make connections, regardless of whenever they make them. You know what I mean? So right. um, oh, the awesome song. The awesome song. I played it, excuse me, for some students shortly after it dropped, and I asked them like different questions. I created a graphic organizer mm. and. The information that they that they put within it, I might still have. I, I know I still have some pictures of it. But one, they understood the lyrics. They said it made them feel crazy good. You know what I mean, beat wise and just the vibe of it. So I I felt good because some of my music prior to that, like the Dilla song, I played it for students. It's not that they didn't say it was tight. You know what I mean. And and that's not what I care about, but. They didn't really understand it. You know what I mean? Now students are actually like my newer music, like they're understanding it. They're relating to it. You know, times have changed. So I think it's just tight that it's it's awesome to use music to educate students because that is what gets their attention. This curriculum, our curriculum, the curriculum is trash. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, curriculum is trash. They're not interested in it. They don't know why they need to learn it. And even when you tell them and you try to make it applicable to today, they still don't want to learn it. You know what I mean? But when you can use stuff that gets their attention, like music. And this is something I'm going to try to work on. It's like developing some type of music program. You know what I mean? It might be tough to do during COVID, but students will learn from music and things that relate to them. And so it's just awesome that students are relating to my music. And, and, and let me know that, man, Mr. Smith, that song felt good. Like that beat was fresh air. When you said this, I was like, man, I felt this way. Um, and then also, uh, you know, being a black educator, because it's not too many of us in the, in the school uh, building that are, that that look like me, you know what I mean? It's just a very selective few. So, you know, they'll, they'll listen to me more than other people. And, and that's not what it's about, but. It's just dope that they, they'll actually listen and, uh, and try to apply. You know what I mean? Like, because I've been in their shoes. Like, man, I sat in the same desk you sat at. I graduated from Book doing 05. You know what I mean? It wasn't all ago that I was in these same seats. I mean, despite COVID, right? Because we're teaching virtually. Right. But, um, it's just dope that I can not only empower through music, but I can also empower the same students who live in the same city in the same community that I live in. You know what I mean? Because I do understand uh, a lot of the things that they are going through, where other teachers don't, and it's hard for them to understand some of the things that our students go through, right. regardless right. of uh, their ethnicity. Like it's it's black teachers who can relate to students, it's white teachers that can relate to students, and then it's black teachers who can't, and it's white teachers who can't. So it ain't even about um, not about color as far as relating to these kids, man. They just need love, real talk. They just need love, and they can feel if somebody really loves them and if somebody really don't, you know. So um, I would say that is what's dope for me, to be able to use my music to educate and then help kids that live in the same neighborhood that I live in, you know. Very empowering.
3: That's what's up, man. And, you know, you said a couple things right there that kind of jumped out in my mind. Like, first of all, uh, you know, like um, growing up in the same city, so, you know. In 1998, 23 years ago, and some change, the curriculum was outdated. They were teaching me things that I still haven't applied to my life. 23 years ago. (laughs) A whole-ass adult, pardon my language, years ago. Mm
2: -hmm. And now here
3: we are in the future with technology, social media, um, totally different financial structure as far as, like, There's no such thing as checks. There's no, you know, it's like, I mean, there's checks, but nobody uses them, all that stuff. And so now communities that were historically behind are even further behind because they don't have the in-home structure set to have that be their daily life to even know, like, what's accessible as far as what's capable and, again, excuse me, what's capable to be done in today's world. You know what I mean? Like, why are there not classes to teach kids, first of all, Why is there no such thing as, why don't they teach kids about credit? You know what I mean? Like kids learn about credit from their parents, but if your parents have bad credit and their parents had bad credit and their parents had bad credit because they don't even know what credit is. Like I didn't even know I had bad credit until I was old enough to tell myself, you know, like I want a particular thing and I can't get it. Why is that? Like a car loan or something. And so I go to the lot, they're like, you got bad credit. I don't come from an area where that's a thing. Most of the time, if I bought something, it was money that exchanged hands. So, uh-huh. like, there's a whole sector of education that, and again, like you said, it's not about color, but it is about like systems and structures in place that inadvertently benefit certain groups of groups of people, right? So, if yeah. my home life is structured around moving with the times, I already have an advantage in learning how to navigate the times. And if my home life is not, I'm already at a disadvantage because I don't have a place to learn that. I go to yeah. school, I learn shit that doesn't, things that don't apply to my life. And then, you know, so like you said, the curriculum is outdated. And then like you said too, um, you can tell, kids can tell when you have a teacher that cares. I, to this day, 23, later, 23 years later, can list off three or four teachers in the entirety of my school career that I know cared. Because I was a, I was a troubled kid. I was always in right. trouble. I was always in the principal's office. It, you know what I mean? Like I was either yeah. always late or skipping class. I just didn't care because For I didn't sure. feel like the institution cared. So why would I, you know? But I, I had a handful of teachers. My Spanish teacher—I'm sure he's probably passed by now—but my Spanish teacher at at uh, at East, his name was Mr. Henley.
0: Oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah, Mr. Henley. I had, I had Mr. Henley.
3: Yeah. See, and now and he—I remember he—because um, Spanish was one of the subjects that I could actually pay attention to. I felt like I liked to learn it. And I also felt like it was going to be applicable to my life later on, um, which it kind of is. But also, you know, I remember I, I, I classed out of Spanish at East. There was not another course for the amount of Spanish that I knew. So he mm-hmm. created an independent study class and I was the only kid in it. That's mm-hmm. how much as a teacher he cared. He's like, this kid likes to learn the thing that I teach. I'm going to make sure. And there's a couple other teachers like that in my life. And so – and then my mom is a high school – well, she's retired, but she was a high school teacher out here in Vegas. And okay. she was a teacher that kids – they, kids that graduated – my mom's been retired for three, almost four years, and she taught for 14 years. And there are kids that she had at her school that graduated that, like, still contact her. She still goes out to eat with them. They, you know, like – That she's followed them through graduating college that's the difference like you said you know Mm -hmm. what I mean so excuse me like you know to illustrate that for people who especially with this COVID thing man like you were just saying the the, um, the distance learning and the it's it's exposing a lot of holes in the school system you know what I mean so might be time to take a look at that, y'all, the, uh, the United States school system. Not only are we, I don't even know where we are on the list of world, world schools, but, uh, you know, then to add that, like you were saying, the different communities and cultures who don't receive the benefits of school funding and, and stuff like that. Um, it might be time to take a look at that, you know?
0: Um, it's a game. It's, a, it's just a game, man. I want to say this because I don't know if you know this. Hopefully, you know, some some educators listen or listen later on. Um, The funding mechanism in Ohio has been ruled unconstitutional constitutional for, I believe, over 20 years. And so what that means is where you're born dictates the type of education you get. You know what I mean? And a big word that you will hear in education is equity, Mm. equity, equity, equity. And it's not. It's not from so many different things. It's our uh, uh, funding mechanism for the state of Ohio. You know what I mean? And they're working on solutions to try to make it more equitable. But again, when I asked our state representative, Amelia Sykes, why has this been unconstitutional for so long? She said, well, policymakers are having a hard time coming together to come to some type of resolution. But in my head the first thought that came to my mind was, "What well, do they want to? You know what I mean? Do they want to come to some type of resolution? Or is this just the system, you know what I mean, doing what the system does. You feel what I'm saying? Oh, so absolutely. it's all it's all a game, man. Like it's all a game. It's unfortunate, you know, that where you where you are born dictates the type of education you'll get. Like it sucks, you know? Yeah.
3: So Yeah, it really does. I mean when you put it like that and when you that's so that's interesting to me to learn that for, you know, twenty it take in a twenty year span, you can't find a way to restructure this thing. And for a lot of people, it's because it doesn't um it doesn't affect their lives. Like you said, there are teachers, you know, like if I if I teach at um if I teach at Buchtel, or if I teach at East or if I teach at North, I don't know how the school districts are now, but like from my time frame, if I taught at North High School, and I jumped in my car and I drove all the way up West Market, past Fairlawn, up into, you know, Ridgefield and stuff like that. And then I'm in an area where, like, I don't see many of the people that I teach on a daily basis. And <laughs> so, and then to move up into the administrative aspect of schools, they definitely are not on a one-on-one, hand-to-hand basis with the people that are suffering from their policy. So, like like you said, they it just it's like, meh. We'll get around to it but my kids are straight my mm-hmm. kids go to you know pardon my my kids go to uh hoban. they're good or or, or yeah. something along those lines you know
0: no that's exactly how it is too brother that's exactly how it is you know we got a lot of we have a lot of uh teachers and a lot of admin just people in general who um may have went to akron public schools potentially even live, live in the district and oh yeah my kids go to hoban you know what I mean? Your admin at at, at Bookto. I'm just using that as an example. That's not necessary. <laughs> so, at least to my knowledge, but but that exact example. But yes, it is like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, dang. you know. And I'm not judging. You know, because for example, like my brother, his ki- my brother also teaches at Bookto. Mm. You know, but his kids go to uh, a private school. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't go to the district. And to be honest with you, um my daughter well my daughter also goes to a private school now our situations are a little different to where he's married and he has say and where uh you know his children his offspring go offsprings i don't even like using children Um, (laughs) you, you you know i did an album on child support so i know children mean corporations
1: oh
0: offspring is a better word to use in case people didn't know so just a little knowledge but i don't for the most part, don't have a say where my daughter goes to school. Now, she did attend an Akron Public School. and Then her mom withdrew her uh, after COVID after a while because, like, I was observing what they were doing. And I'm like, like, this ain't nothing. And I get it. She's only in the first grade. But I'm like, I could be teaching her more at home, you know what I mean, than what they're doing there. So I'm not trying to downplay the school system or anything like that. But, uh, we, we just, as educators and then people with some common sense, we know what it is. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about my brother and I. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's unfortunate it, ha- it has to be that way. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of what it is. Now, I was a product of all Acker Public Schools uh, except my seventh grade year. I went to Arlington Christian Academy. Oh, I remember. Before yeah. that, though, I went, I, I went to Rankin. I went to Fairline. I went to Firestone. I went to East. And I went to Booker. You know what I mean? And I went to Perkins. Perkins. So I, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I'm a product of public school. Now, my parents, you know, learning shouldn't just take place at school. And so if, if anybody thinks that you're just going to get everything from school, and I hope that, I mean, that seems like the mentality for some. I don't know if that's truly their thinking, but that's just not the case. You're not going to get everything that you need to get from school. And so school does start at home, but, um, it's understanding the politics and what's best for your kid and what they need, what their needs are mm-hmm. to flourish educationally, not just at school, but at home. That's the decision parents have to make. And try to become as as most educated as possible as far as what's gonna benefit their offspring the most, you know, as they advance the young ladies and young gentlemen, you know. So that's true. Uh,
3: yeah, it's kinda I mean, it was similar for me too. Like I say, my mom, uh, she didn't get into teaching until later in life, but she always wanted to be a teacher and she always made sure Um, that I was on my, even because I was always underperforming in school because of my, you know, I had ADD, I was, I had whatever issues I had. But when it came down to, when it was test time, I did fine. Because even in not paying attention, I got the information. Because that, Mm. you know, as a learning, that's my learning style. I'm a listening learner. Um, But she always made sure that when I was at home, we were focused on, educational things, you know what I mean? So it's just, and then, you know, other things that aren't taught in schools too, like, you know, social etiquette and things like that. My mom made sure that she brought me up in a way that she thought was acceptable. And um, for the most part, it's it's paid off pretty well, you know? Um, But in the same token, like you said, um, it's almost like if I work at Burger King, I'm not going to eat Burger King because I know what goes on in the grill Burger
1: King, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, yeah. You know it's
3: like, But for me, too, you know, I started off in Talmadge schools. Uh, then I went to um, Ellet schools. And then I went to I'm sorry, I went from Talmadge to East to Ellet to East. Mm-hmm. And I graduated okay. from East District. But or um, from East, you know, East Cities or whatever. You, I don't know what they call it. Right. It's East CLC now. It's That's,
0: a community learning center.
3: It's so crazy to me. It's a community yeah. learning center. But yeah. so I, I, I bounced around the city, too. And then, you know, um, but even still, if it weren't for supplemental education, like I was in a I don't know if it's still running. I was in a pre-college program called um, Upward Bound. And mm-hmm, it is an Excellence program. Yeah, okay. yeah, Yeah. Shout out to um Lothardus Goggins. Uh was one of my mentors. I don't know if he'll ever hear this man, but that's something that in, in my adult life I had to to reconcile like positive male role models that again, like yourself. For, so for somebody like me, the the brothers that were uh higher up in the, you know, Strive Towards Excellence program and upward bound, those were my role models cuz my dad wasn't around. My dad was him and my mom were not on good terms. And that okay. was their thing, and I had to sort that out later on in my life because, you know, when you're a kid, with the parent that you're with primarily dictates mm-hmm. how you feel about the other parent. I had to learn my dad on my own time. And we <laughs> didn't get along once I learned him, so, you know, it was confirmation of the truth, but that's not always the case. And, uh, right. you know, like, I, like you said, going through the support system and all this stuff, I remember like going to court and, and the legal crap and family counseling and all this stuff, and... and um. But yes, saying that to say that I should have I didn't realize how important it was to embrace positive role models, uh, male role models until this stage in my life. So that's okay. something that I really appreciated that um I don't even again, like there's so many people that I, I, I deal with uh in this process, like through Instagram and like, you know, social media that I don't even know how I got introduced to 'em. Like I don't even know how I came across your stuff, but I know I've been following you for probably about two years now. I don't even remember either, bro. <laughs> so but then when I, when I started to pay more attention and I started to see your community work, your youth outreach, all the different stuff, the message and the music, I was like, yeah, this is the type of dude that, that I, can, I can get behind his movement, man. And so to be sitting here now is, um, is, is such a blessing to me. But with that being said, uh, I want to take a quick break and uh, play a couple yeah. of songs. I actually snagged um, uh, a track from your, uh, your boy G Black, Geronimo Black, uh, called yeah. Dominate. I want to play that real quick and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to sit down and talk to him here soon. So, uh, yeah, everybody, real quick, we're going to take a musical break. I'm going to play a song uh, from a cat. His name is Geronimo Black. The song is called Dominate. The vibe is heavy. I mean, the beats is slamming. And, um, and then uh, I'm going to play one more track from my boy uh, Chody, but uh, okay. I'll, I'll drop that information for you all when we come back. So this is Dominate by G Black, and we'll be back in just a second.
2: They say progress is a process. It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's why I keep my arms outstretched. Defy the odds, we know where the place are, bets. You think you've seen it all when we ain't even at our best. There's so much left. When I come through, you know where I came from. Same city that my nigga King James from. Same mindset state, overthrow the great ones. Take the pie, bust it down with my day ones. Brought nothing to the table, better take none. Know it's going down off top like take one. Nigga think I'm finna break, better take one. High nigga tryna beat me when the race done. This shit was written, I was meant to be this gift to describing What I envision, supplied by the most high, of my drive is my conviction. Circumstances I witness and live, you my persistence. in these suckin' niggas, I picked them up from a distance. Pray you pick you a winner, secure so you a chicken dinner. It's hard niggas, I'm here starving to of man don't deliver. Still, I won't let that hinder, stopping for no defender. Praying, keeping me centered, I'm playing to be
1: remembered. I can't dominate. dominate, watch how I dominate. dominate. They tryna I'm dead, no. I can't just dominate, watch how I dominate
2: Communicate, concentrate, dominate, dominate yeah. They busy playing when I drop that I flop and I fall off, Nah, nigga, that's what y'all law I'm on my job, hit the clock, never call off huh. Y'all niggas got it all wrong These niggas sick on my tip, better fall off Pause, is it really what it y'all want? Nah, I'ma let you niggas fall back Or I'ma take the win as y'all lost The only L that I hold is roll, nigga I'm old, this guy, cause work i put in and time That I devote, dedicated myself to the grind Body and soul, and you don't know the half So the pie, I want it whole Divided up with the team for the time that we was low the by all the niggas denying that we were blow Cause y'all would keep me whole with my energy getting low Rippin' at every show, keep lettin' these niggas know I came to dominate, watch how I dominate They tryna complicate the way I
1: operate, no not today no, I came to dominate, watch how I dominate Concentrate, concentrate, dominate, dominate When I
2: come, you know where I came from, where I came from. I'm on my job, hit the clock, never call off. High a nigga tryna beat me when the race nah. die I'ma take the win, it's y'all lost I came to dominate Watch how I dominate They tryna complicate the way I operate
1: Can I get a vibe? Okay. like that. If working a 9 to 5 is wrong, I wanna keep my belly fed. No point in going out starving stupid. I love the grind, but fuck Cupid. I seen that nigga walk out with my last stand. Now do I have your attention? Bet you only listened to see if I was still splitting? That ain't the only thing going on. I've been channeling a few dimensions here and there with a few terrestrial snapshots to prove if they fix the pixels. But this ain't the time to expose the business. I'm more worried about the thermostat. Either my eyes deceive or someone switched the degrees. Take advantage, grab the keys. In my bucket, fill the breeze. I hit the park, chew with geese. Gratitude puts me at ease. Recharge all my beliefs. Silence of a club theatrics and fake love being practiced. I roll the blood for the friendship because we got history, soldier. I might as well. Show Shed my light, and may yeah, get right? Uh-huh. I'll be alright, yeah, I have yo, the fight. fight, can you my star to see me fly under uh, the sky, a world so, so far, far from mine, it's my time I refuse to fumble, there are many days I would have mumbled, ever so insecure caught in the headlights, Purchased me some Ray Bans, shaved me from the brights. I haven't felt this holistic since I jumped off the porch. I wasn't yelling, church or twist my tongue and cuss, but what they didn't know would hurt. So me and my cousins to practice. I've always had this streak of rebel. My sister loved this characteristic. When I set sail, I return with booty, like a stroke of magic. No no no. I might as well
3: shed my light And make it bright I'll be alright Alright, we're back. So, uh, with that being said, like I said, that was Dominate by Geronimo Black and Light by my young brother Chody, who was actually uh, the younger brother of a good friend of mine I worked with on a couple projects, man, and he had uh, put out some new music, so... Uh, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to showcase music, man, from people that I respect. And most of it's been dope, 92.5% dope. And again, I know that art is subjective, and I definitely don't try to put expectations on people's music. I'm just happy to be able to share in the experience. So uh, we're back. Um, Mr. Smith, we got to talk about the project, man. We got to talk about the album because uh, that's sure. the next week. So, um,
0: man, it's around the corner. Uh, yeah, so you're dropping it on your birthday, huh? On, them, on my 34th birthday, yes sir, at midnight. There it
3: is, there it is. Um, so the album is called More Love, it's spelled M-O-O-R, for those of y'all who are not familiar with the term more. Um, so yeah, man, uh, can you give me a little insight into the vision behind the project, um, you know, the process, man, just walk me down, just tell me what it's about, and uh, let, the, let the audience know what they should be in expecting.
0: For Sure, well, so, <laughs> What happened was I recorded a song called "Pay hey Dudes with uh, a guy from Akron. His name's Casey Weems over a Joe Mill beat. Very soulful. Uh, kind of Jay Dilla like You know, uh, Joe Mill has uh, made a lot of beats for like the Jacka, which I know you hip to who that is. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. Made some stuff on the Devil's Rejects. Very soulful beat, right? So my friend, Garcon, he like, man. I need to do an album together over some drip beats. drib beats, Drip and Rudy Ray. So I'm like, I hear you, you know what I mean. So I get with Casey Casey like I'm down, like let's do it, you know so we we link up with with drib, Ralph Malone, Rudy Ray, Ramar, shout out them, the producers of the album, and so we pick beats one night, and we pick some fire, right? Well. As the time went on, well, so I started writing to the beats. But Darshan was like, "Man, he wanted it to have like a more." He he had an idea of having uh, some type of more influence, so I had to do a little research on the Moors. You know what I mean? I I don't, I don't know a whole whole lot about the Moors, like an actual would, or, you know, a person who's really into history, especially. Uh, about the more influence and significance, right? But I just started writing to the beats. But before I wrote to the beats, I'm like, I got to do a little research. So one of my friends is a Moor. He lives in Cleveland, and so he started. Uh, he has a picture of Noble Drew Ali in his house, right? Noble Drew Ali is the founder of the Moors. So as I started doing a little bit of research on the Moors and stuff, uh, I seen that it was five principles. That noble five divine principles that noble Drew Ali believe people should live by, which is love, truth, peace, freedom and justice. So even though my friend Darshan wanted the album to have like a more significance, I, as a writer, still had to figure out how I would attack it to actually correlate with the Moors. Because I didn't know. I didn't know. My cousin was like, "Man, it ain't nothing that you don't already know." You know, I kind of I grew up in a metaphysical church, so I, I, I'm not a religious person. So, I, what my cousin was already saying was like, "It's already in you, man." Like, so don't don't overthink it. But what I wanted, I wanted to jump back because this album was supposed to be an album with me and Casey, mm. right? But as time went on, Casey had some things going on, you know what I mean, and so. I continued to write. We met up a time or two. It just it just so happened that I was like, all right, I'm going to let him handle what he has to handle as far as life. And I'm just going to do this album on my own. Uh, so that's essentially what I did. We met up, uh, I think in August or September. And I would say I probably had... The album probably was 75% done. I just needed a couple mm-hmm. a couple more verses for a couple other songs, especially once I seen it. I'm like, all right, I see families to handle his business, right? So I end up finishing on my own. Now, I had five songs done uh, probably in September. I let my cousin hear it, who's a, uh, he does marketing. He was like, man, it's missing something, man. He like, I don't know what is missing. Actually, I might have had four songs recorded. So I recorded like three more. And I'm like, this it right here. This I, I'm shopping right here. You know what I mean? So uh I recorded Empower. Yeah. Empower was kind of my cousin's idea. He like, man, you ain't got no song with, with, with just some bars though. Like I, I like everything you got, but he like you need a bar song. You know what I mean? And so I, he also was like he 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 Heard this one Dilla song. He was like, "Man, well, how your
4: engineer chop that up and do this and do that."
0: So I, I I I had two verses already written, and I like spit them to that beat. I'm like, "Dang, this flow well." And then Khans, my engineer who I currently record record with in Canton, who was dope, dude. Khans is dope. I ain't recorded with nobody since, you know. And shout out to him, and shout out to everybody that I have recorded with, because there's no slapping the face to them. But Khans, uh. Uh, I t- kind of gave him a little vision of the hook, and he kind of did that. If it ain't in a, if it ain't empowered, then it's corny as hell. Then he just chopped it up, and then I recorded. Yes, uh, you didn't know, which I didn't send to you, which features Joey Joey Yende, this guy from New York but lived in Maslin. I don't know where he's at currently. I think he moved. And then I recorded Sky High. So I recorded three more songs, which which made let's see, it's eight. Okay, yeah, that's right. I had five and I recorded three more, and that like wrapped the album up very well. So, um, I honestly, I personally think this is gonna be one of the best albums to ever come out of the city. You know what I mean? Production wise, lyrically, message wise, I mean, it it, it has everything in my opinion. Of course, the, the listener is gonna have to decide that themselves, but I really feel like this is some of the dopest stuff the city is gonna ever hear. You know especially mm-hmm. conceptually and i'm a conceptual guy so i don't think nobody really messed with, with me um conceptually but again that's my opinion you know the audience the masses, has to be the judge of that so that's, that's, kind, of how, that's kind of how the album that's kind of how i went so as opposed to me me and somebody else the things were transpiring in his life so i'm like okay i'm gonna do it on my own end up doing it on my own thought i had a good body of work at like four or five songs End up adding a few
3: more, and it just came together, man. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that um, it's really important as an artist to uh, let things flow, like you said. You know, like I um, I think the process. I, I was listening to these uh, cats the other day. It's um, on the United States Library of Congress, the Congress, the Poet Laureate uh, conversations they have once a year with you know past poet laureates and they were, um i forget the it was two guys named charles one's guy one guy was a russian immigrant but he you know they were respected poets right so and you know obviously lyricism mcm poetry etc but they he was uh, they asked the guy he was like do you think that if you were you know like uh, commissioned to write a poem about a particular subject in x amount of time you could do it and he was like Oh, yeah, I could definitely do it, but it wouldn't be very good. And he meant it in the sense that, like, art has to take shape in the way that mm-hmm. art takes shape. You know what I mean? Like, I always have ideas in my head for things that I want to do, but it has to fit the the movement of what's going on with, the, with my energy at the time. So, like, I'll start a project, and then um, a couple weeks later, I'll jump to something else because th- – maybe the season of my life has changed. So it's interesting to hear the story about, like, you know, you had it all, you know, somebody presented you with a concept, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I like this dude. Yeah, I worked with him before, boom, boom. I can see it happening. But, you know, you can't force this thing to happen. Uh, it has to happen organically. So then the the result of this organic process is the More Love album, you know? So that's I think that's dope to uh, to follow, you know, to follow your wave, as opposed to, like, I always thought it would be difficult. Like I've never worked in a professional setting as far as music is concerned, but I always thought it would be different. I remember going back to uh like I said, there there was these cats named Ace and D and they had a studio over there on the north side and they were trying to like do this artist development thing with me and my cousins. Like we were recording songs and they're like, okay, well y'all can rap, but we want y'all, you know, they gave, you know, they they produced a beat and then they were like, this is gonna be the hook and you just gotta sound like this. And no, I mean no disrespect to them because they make good music, but it was just like I, ugh, I couldn't how it felt like to do this. Da, 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 and I'm like, that's not how I sound. I don't sound like that. I couldn't. Artist development was never my thing. So yeah, I think I think that independent lane that you you know that you're rocking in uh, gives you that creative freedom, and the music that comes out of it is uh, is has been dope in my opinion. The ones that I've heard, like I say, I, I listened to the Child Support album. Uh, and I'm like, I've been listening to the tracks off this and I did a couple like, um, scrollbacks in the time that I knew that I was going to interview, watch some live shows and stuff that you had put on Instagram and stuff like that. And I was like, "Damn, okay, cool. But also, yeah, like to talk about that, um, is it difficult when you have an idea in mind and things aren't going the way that, you know, you, I don't know, predicted or expected, um, How difficult is it to work with other artists on collabs, schedules, personalities, things like that? Like, uh, does it ever get discouraging or you just being like, I'm not, I can't work with this dude or anything like that?
0: I would say it just depends on the vision. It just, I guess it just depends, man, like on the infinite and the spirit. Like, you know, there's been times where, yes, it is frustrating. Uh, Not even so much even with artists, but just people in general, like, like the support EP end up somewhat being a somewhat end up becoming a mess because um, because the so it was me the producer and then there was a, a, another person who kind of was like man I should do an album on child support things just end up going crazy because. The guy whose idea was to do an album on child support, based off the knowledge that I was telling him and the stories that I was telling him, because I was studying to to identify well what exactly is child support like. I know it's more to it than what they're telling me. You know what I mean? Which the average person wouldn't do. And so, uh, what kind of happened was like, I don't know if he thought I was just gonna make it big or something like that, but a fire end up coming that I feel like didn't necessarily need to be there. Now, mind you, this this person's not the artist. He's more so like the a for for a better lack of words, but it just became funky. So I think it just depends, man, because I've also worked with people that I don't even know and never met, like uh, Rhino Ray, a girl from Germany. I've worked with her on a couple of tracks, Meet her, and Charlie Smarts from Cooley High are on the track. And so you know, I've had I've worked with artists that I don't even know and had no problem working with. So I guess it just depends what the spirit wants you to put out. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. Like, you want to know this? The dude who i was supposed to do more love with, guess what he said? Man, it sounds better with you by yourself.
1: Hmm.
0: He told me it was better with me by myself. Like, he he, he wasn't mad. He ain't had no ego. Like, he, he understood where I was coming from as far as I'm like, man, you kind of BSing. He, he didn't really communicate with me like I thought he should. And after the fact, he told me like, this is what I had going on. And I'm like, oh, like he probably could have just told me then. But the way that I look at that is we were supposed to do this album together. Like that ain't how it was supposed to go. You know what I'm saying? So yes, I feel like sometimes there are problems when you work with other artists. But in my opinion and from my perspective, it's like, if you're supposed to work with them, it'll manifest. If you're not supposed to work with them, then that's how it's going to go. You know what I'm saying? So, it just depends on, you know, with with with, with, with spirit wants, with the infinite ones, you know what I mean? For whatever reason, the infinite, you know, he or she or the thing or, you know, whatever you identify with was like, you're supposed to do this on your own. You know what I mean? So, that's how it ended up unfolding, so. That's that's what I think, and that's what I've experienced. You know what I mean? To come to that conclusion or generalization.
3: So, yeah, man. I, I mean, I definitely feel that it's like sometimes, like you said, you'll have something in mind, and you'll get down, and, and you know, it, and it'll be something that makes sense. It's something that I can do, and I know it's within the scope of my ability and my resources or whatever. But for some odd reason, it just won't happen. Sure. I can't get there on time. Something happened. There's a car accident, and something catches on fire, or you know, like I gotta save a, a a cat from a burning building, but then like sometimes, like you say, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> something will pop up, and then sure it'll just flow like straight from front to back. No, no, no road. No, you know, what I mean, no speed bumps, no hiccups, no nothing. Yeah. And um, I think that's been a lot of my journey thus far is is learning to recognize the signs and learning to mm-hmm. recognize when I'm trying to steer something as opposed to just kind of being there for the process so yeah man I can definitely identify with that like you know aside from and it's been all green lights man with this thing I was worried about when I switched from a podcast format to the internet radio format I was worried about oh what if uh you know scheduling or what if I can't Duh, what if they don't make it on time? And you know what? Every week, barring minor technical difficulties and little things like that, every week, the, the schedule's booked. The people show up. Like last month, um, I had a homie, uh, one of my friends. His cousin lives in Thailand. He does international music in Southeast Asia and stuff like that. But he's from California, and I, I was so worried. Like, oh, how's it gonna work? How's it gonna play out? Smooth as butter. We sat down. We talked like this we you know we went through it and it was easy and so i'm starting to learn that too for my process when i stop trying to make things go my way things usually go my way smoother Ooh. than i could have planned it so i'm grateful for that man and i'm I, i'm glad that you pointed that out you know like regardless of what people believe whatever people believe if you if i put my my faith or my you know my trust in the fact that as long as i'm doing my end of the work things will usually work out in a time frame on all on their own. You know what I mean? Like, so that's dope that you put that there, uh, put that like that. Um, so let's talk about like, well, first of all, obviously, you know, 2020, the infamous 2020 changed the, 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 the roadmap for a lot of people. Right. So let's talk about, um, being an independent artist, uh, how that's changed, how you view things like moving into this year and what, uh, what not programs, but like what measures you put into place to uh, continue to be able to do this thing that you love to do with the new landscape that we've been presented.
0: For sure. Um, well, as far as like shows and so forth, of course COVID, you know, definitely put a heart to that. I mean, I think uh, people are actually doing shows slowly but surely but like for example I was so excited for uh I was in a coast to coast I don't know if you're familiar with coast to coast I was in a, a, a showcase for them I was supposed to perform in Miami in July and they pushed it back maybe 3 or 4 times to where it ended up becoming a virtual showcase opposed to performing in person you know what I mean so definitely shows have come to a halt as a result of this COVID stuff. As far as being independent, I feel like there's there's always so many different uh, people or entities or whatever that like want to work with you. And some of it may be, you know, good. Some of it may not be good. Like somebody talked about they had a contract for me, an email and, you know, it's just a lot of fraudulent activity out here. I feel like even more, just like, here's an example. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, uh, it was an article that came out. I forgot who who composed it, right? But it was talking about how all these industry artists were sending essentially the same message to independent artists saying, well, let's work together. You know, I got a spot for you on my mixtape and this, that, and the third, right? And essentially, nothing more than a scam you know what i mean like I, I i participated in one i'm gonna just go ahead and just be honest i was on a cassidy mixtape um cassidy came out with like several mixtapes literally several and put them all online at once for people to listen to now these these i don't know who who uh is the head of this but um Big trio, big trio ended up refunding me and somebody else our money back saying, like, well, if y'all don't say nothing, and this might be my first time saying something. and I don't care. I'm saying something. But they gave us our money back not because um, uh, they didn't fulfill their end of the deal. Because, yes, we're on the mixtape. Yes, they put it online. But really, you you really don't get too much out of it other than saying, well, I was on Cassidy's mixtape. You know what I mean? but this young lady and I kind of discovered even before this article came out, how all these other industry artists were sending the exact same message to other independent artists. You know what I mean? So it's like, they are just really just trying to pimp the independent artists who are really trying to make it out here. So I feel like there's more fraudulent, uh, communication, trying to just get to just get money from artists, not really, truly trying to help them.
1: Mm.
0: You know what I mean? Uh, And and one other point that I want to point out is based on that, I feel like it's really best for independent artists to do their research to see, all right, is this going to really benefit me and my music? Like, does it make sense? Because if it don't make sense, you might as well. Like I spent five hundred dollars on that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And again, I don't even remember how much money he gave me back, but he did give me back money, Big Trill. You know what I'm saying? Um, because we seen the game. You know what I mean? And we could have easily exposed them, or, you know, did some crazy stuff. And, you know what I mean? In fact, I did do some stuff. Like, not necessarily crazy, but, you know, I left a few comments on a, on a couple pages, and artist was reaching out back to me like, hey, what's going on? So I had to explain to them like, yeah, they like, oh, okay, well, thanks. You know what I mean? I could have invested that 500 in, in my own Instagram advertisements and so forth and so on. So I, I'm saying based on that, I feel like as an independent artist, it's based to do your own research and really try to independently do everything. Unfortunately, you know what I mean? As far as marketing and promo, you know what I mean? Because people are going to try to take advantage of you. And I know that's the game and that's the world and that's the music business in general. But being that COVID has stopped a lot of artists in general, not just independent artists, but, but artists that are really making money or that's in the industry, they trying to get back, they trying to get money too as well. So, unfortunately, they kind of almost doing whatever just to, just to take advantage of these independent artists. So, do some research, some research on your own and figure out what's going to be best for you and your brand, your company, your music. So, um, mm-hmm. that's how I feel as far as this stuff going on, you know what I mean? And honestly. I was on that mixtape pre-COVID. I don't even think COVID took place then when I was on that Cassidy mixtape. I got a song called Decipher on there where I remade a, a Fred the Godson Styles P track, and I put it on a mixtape. But I was I was definitely disappointed that I had even invested in it because it was there was no benefit. Again, they did fulfill their obligation as far as working with Cassidy, but it wasn't nothing more than a game. man.
2: So right. do
0: your own. Research and see what's going to be best for your music, you and your brand, independent artists. That's my suggestion.
3: Yeah, I mean, and I yeah. noticed I've noticed that too in a general like because so basically what um the breakdown was for what we was just talking about is that like say you're an independent artist and you're like, oh, you know, Cassidy, um he's gonna make a mixtape, right? And um if you send us five hundred dollars in your track, we'll put you on a mixtape. This is this is what I'm gathering. So if if I'm Av, you know Joe Average and I got a, a track that I, or something I want to get on the mixtape and I send that off with my five hundred dollars. If there's twenty people on the mixtape, that's ten thousand dollars that mm-hmm. I'm making if I'm the entity. Mm-hmm. And to, I don't know those of y'all who don't aren't familiar with hosting, uh, but you can host a mixtape on Datpiff for free. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I just made ten grand for you to get the exposure of being on the Cassidy or the the. DJ so and so, such and such mixtape, which there's checks and balances with that. Like, it's a nice little thing, you know, to put on, on your resume. Like, yeah, I was on the boom, 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 but I see, I see, like, in all industries, I see that type of thing. Like, I, I write, um, you know, like, I'm an author. And so I'll look at these little, like, writing challenges. They'll be like, yo, getting a short story challenge. Send us $50 in your short story. And I'm like, I'm not. I could just put my short story on some, I don't know who hosts stories, but I could do that for X amount of dollars, or I could send, you know, so it's it's like it's like you say, what's the value? What's the value in, in this process? Is it going to be $500 worth of game? Am I going to get $500 worth of exposure? Because for those, like, I don't know, for people listening, um, if you don't listen to or follow Gary V, he talks about that kind of stuff all the time. Instagram and social media ad marketing right now is, excuse me, it's dirt cheap based on what you're going to pay versus the exposure that you get. You can get an Instagram ad uh, an Instagram ad to run. I got to take it easy on these energy drinks, man, but you can get an Instagram ad to run for essentially a dollar a day for 30 days. So that's a $30 investment and I mean the the outreach might not be incredible. You might it, they might it might get 1000 views visibility. And of that 1000 views, if you follow the 10% rule, 100 people may go to the 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 ad in question, and of the hundred people that go, maybe ten people will stay, right? But also, it's thirty bucks. If I multiply it by that by ten, then I get three hundred bucks for three thousand for three hundred for thirty. You know, so it's 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 um what they call is that a return on investment. That's a business term for those of y'all who don't. Yep. You know, it's return on my investment. Am I going to get five hundred dollars worth of Exposure for my money. I'm just using 500 as the arbitrary number, right? But yeah, that's something to think about. And and then also, where well, you got a cat like, we'll use Cassidy for example. He's been in the music industry on the professional side. He had a deal. He you know he did the you know he had songs that went through the the industry machine. Whereas an independent artist, most of us don't have access to the knowledge of what is entailed. To copyrights, um, ASCAP, BMI, all these things like where I can and can't profit from my music. How much am I gonna make per stream on Spotify, on YouTube? There's a there's a gang of information that if I'm just a guy that likes to make music, and I put my song out there for the world to hear, I'm opening myself up for like somebody could take my song, use it how they want. Somebody could. Uh, take me off my song and you know re-record their vocals of my lyrics. There's a ton of like loopholes that industry veterans and people with industry knowledge and experience can exploit on mm-hmm. the back end for an independent artist. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. If you're going to be in the game, if you want to be, pro- if you want to make money, and I don't even mean I don't mean millions of dollars, but I mean if you want to make a dollar off your music, it's it's in your best interest to educate yourself as to what that's going to entail um so yeah take a second instead of watching another show on Netflix take a second and, and watch a video on YouTube about like copyright infringement copyright laws take a second to just learn a little bit about the industry that you're in because historically speaking artists do not receive the benefits of industry manipulation like Tommy Mottola got more money than Tony, uh, the Tony Yayo, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like if you Tony Yayo, yeah. you're on Sony music group, Tommy Matola is making more money than you are because <laughs> I just want to rap. And I just want to have an album in the stores, but it's you know, like we are, we're on the cusp of this, you know, technical revolution that will allow you to, to own a hundred percent of what you make. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, and that's, that's very important. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's, that's good advice. Invest in yourself, learn about your craft, and learn what's necessary to to be successful in this thing if you want to make it your life. Um, but moving forward from that, uh, what's next? What's next in the future? Your album drops next Friday? Where, where are you going to go from there, man? What's, what's the...
0: Story, I don't even man? know. But to be honest with you, this album was... I, I, this wasn't my idea. You know what I mean? Again, my friend had an idea to introduce me with two producers, one I knew, one I didn't. And then he had an idea to have a Moorish cover. You know what I mean? Everything else, it was it was my idea. From every song written to the hooks to, you know, it was all me. I recorded this song called Best Friend um, last Saturday with my brother. Mm. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall Brandy's song Best Friend where he's talking about, or excuse me, where she's talking about J yeah. being her family right so uh, my daughter and i i don't know you know what i heard best friend on the radio and uh i started listening to it myself and then with my daughter and i'm like you know what i am going to recreate this song and put my own spin to it right so i was gonna have my producer go and i remake the brandy best friend beat but kind of like how we talked about earlier it wasn't supposed to be that way right <laughs> um, to make a long story short my producer cons he he was like playing a beat or something on his story or he was or it was either on his beat stars and so i had i had wrote to Brandy's best friend one night i couldn't go to sleep i wrote two verses sent them to my brother he actually just texted me too he was i'm over my parents house he was gonna come over but uh, he said he's just gonna chill, his phone died. die. But to make a long story short, man, this song is so dope. I'm more than likely gonna release it on siblings day, um, which is April 10th. But man, it's so, it's so real. Every bar is heartfelt. Every bar is really happened between my brother and I. The message is so pertinent as far as, you know, him being my best friend and being influential as a brother and raising and enveloping me from a young person until now. Um, and then uh, aside of that, I'm probably just going to release some singles, man. Uh, I got a track called, uh, uh, what is it called? I Got the Drive, produced by my homie out of Florida, World Renown. I'm kind of going to release some singles that have that that more love type vibe, you know, sample. Jay Dilla, Ninth Wonder type, you know, vibes. Um, I'm probably just gonna release some singles. I got a lot of music, man, that I haven't released and that I know could be re-recorded to sound better, especially now that I'm recording with someone who, in my opinion, has me sounding the best, but I'm also escalating and elevating as far as, you know, delivery and just growing as an artist. So um, I'm gonna release a few singles, those two for sure. Um, I am working on uh, a couple other tracks. Me and Geronimo got a feature, or excuse me, I'm featured on one of uh, his tracks. We just laid something in the studio not so long ago. I honestly think it's a hit. He thinks it's a hit, Um, very empowering song. So album-wise, I'm not sure. Uh, Potentially a classic cuts too. Uh, I ain't talked to Kynes about this, but shout out Kynes again. We might have to come out with a classic cuts too. And then one of the producers, uh for more love is already talking to uh, more love too yeah. you know what i mean i actually have like five or six beats left over from the pick from the initial pick that i haven't written to at all so but i'm not going to force anything uh for like my first two or three years of making music i wrote every day um honestly and now i don't write every day i kind of just write when spirit tells me to write so you know some ideas come in my head um In regards to you know writing songs or or an album, I'll kind of just play it by ear. But after more love, I'm just gonna release some singles, man, and uh, you know keep working on my craft. I'm not gonna quit. I I did have that mentality not too long ago, Um, but uh, you know music is therapy for me. I I never really, in fact, I I I never got into music like I'm, I'm gonna just blow and be rich. You know what I mean? That was never my mindset. You know, and so I just kind of want to keep the mindset of uh not necessarily lowering my standards, but think about well, what did you start doing this for? Did you start doing this to be a millionaire and the you know be in the industry and this, that, and the third, you know what I'm saying? Um, or you know, did you do this, you know, kind of out of love and you know, so and, and different things have happened to make me not want to quit. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if you know, like I met styles, I, I I don't know if answering the question but i would like to express this like because it helped me change my mindset as far as quitting and and being in the industry i met styles in pittsburgh uh my cousin was was the driver for him he picked up styles from the airport into the show and so forth and so on so styles had never heard the song that he's on with me like he sent me the verse back the same day after I sent the bread and I let styles hear song and this is my favorite MC Ever. This is my favorite rapper ever all time. His response to my verse and the song, particularly my verse, he was like, "No bars, bro." And it was so genuine. You know what I mean? If it was corny, he would have said that. I don't know if he would have said like that was corny, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't <laughs> have told me something that he didn't believe. Man, the fact that my, this was last year, around this time, actually last year in February, my favorite, one of the greats, tell me, no bars. You know what I mean? When I'm on the verge, like when I'm cool, like that was like humbling, you know what I mean? So I'm just gonna kind of let spirit lead me as far as you know, album ideas, singles, verses, just whatever. Like again, I am working on some stuff. I'm gonna re-record some old stuff. I am writing some new stuff. I'm just gonna see what kind of happens, man. I don't even know where I'm gonna go after this point, but I'm anxious to see myself, but also. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force
3: anything by any means though. we'll just have to wait and see and see you know what what happens you know yeah it worked and um yeah I mean I, I got a lot of it's funny about like you know the older you get and then you go back and revisit stuff I have conversations with my cousins in the moment all, all the time about like classic albums and hip hop in the 90s and and mcs and yada 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 styles personally for me um I used to think jada jada kiss was the hardest dude out the locks just because of where I was at in my life when the locks was really um, a thing, but just consistency. And I'm not saying Jadakiss is not dope now, because he still is. But like mm-hmm. as far as consistency, um, volume, body of work, and maturity in terms of like, I like to hear artists that I've heard for a long period of time and listen to their growth. Like, you know, Styles mm-hmm. is uh, real big on the health thing. You know, he has the, the juice, the juice bar. Mm-hmm. And they went into like, He's about like bettering yourself, but he's also his life experience. You can it's reflected in his music with his new level of consciousness and his you know. So I mean, yeah, Styles P is dope, man. He's um he's incredible. I listen to, I listen to the Ghost Freestyles Volume One and Two probably once a month. <laughs> I listen to him all the time, um, and so that is like you said, it's important to uh, you get the confirmation from somebody that you respect like greatly to be like man. You know, my cousin used to always say this, and he says like, he wants to be. He doesn't record music, which I think is a shame because he's he's so dope to me. His, his his skill is is really high level, but um, he listened to like he's like I want to listen to cats that I listen to and be like, if I was on a track with them, would they respect my verse? And that yeah. I think you know, as an MC, I think that's you know that's one of the highest. Because MCN is a naturally competitive uh, art form. You know, like we're very, you know, big, you know, but, you know, without ego. But I think for it's sure. important to to have comparisons and have artists that you respect as like bars to set for yourself. Like, you know, like I don't want to rap like him, but I want to be that dope. I want somebody to think that I'm that dope. And like you said, to have correspondence with one of them and then be like, like yo, that was dope. And you'd be like... That's motivation, man. And then, g- touching on what you just said, why are we here? You know, like if I set this precedent for myself where I want to be this type of industry, you know, superstar, or I want to have mad girls, or I want to make a lot of money, or I want to live a party life, that's not feasible as far as like, I don't really get to say what type of level of success I'm going to achieve from an industry standard coming in the door, I have I personally feel like we have to set our own terms of what we think success looks like. And it, it I don't really think it can be weighed by having money. If you get money from doing what you love, I think that's dope. I think that's awesome. But if I'm satisfied with what I'm doing, I think that to me personally is, is success, right? Definitely. And so, And then, you know, touching on what you said about that, like, it's important to maintain a connection with what got me here in the first place, my, my love for this art form. And then the growth and things that I set for myself building moving forward, teaching people, reaching to people, connecting with, uh, the community, building with other dope artists, you know, teaching the youth. There's so many different ways to, to stay in the game, man. And I think that's important. And so I appreciate the fact that you, uh, You touched on that, man, and let people know that there's more than longevity comes in many forms, man. Like for me, like I was saying earlier, like when I was not able to dance anymore, I hurt my leg in 2017 and I was getting up in age anyways. There's no retirement home for breakdancers, Right. (laughs) So, you know, like I I had to find a new lane to get in. I was like, how can I still be a part of this culture that I love without being a performance based artist anymore? So, I do stuff like this. I sit down with people I respect and and connect them with people I respect, you know through all this art you know this 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 culture um so yeah, it's important to stay relevant. I think it's important to stay to reinvent yourself as you grow um and we got a couple of minutes left, so last but not least um I want to, you know, any shout outs, anybody, you know, from from then to now that you got a lot of love for, that you appreciate working with, or that they did something that sticks out in your mind, uh, take a couple minutes, man, drop, drop some uh, some gems on them, and then uh, I would appreciate if you, you know, lay out some album promo, tell people where they can pick up your stuff, where can they support you, all that, and then, uh, then we'll, we'll close out with Sky High.
0: For sure, for sure. Uh well, I definitely have to shout out my brother, my, my St. Louis brethren and love, uh um, is with the love movement, man. Um he is he's on the rise, man, with the clothes, with the art, just it's not just clothes, it's actually just art, you know. Um this is a symbol right here. If you notice this on the first album, the support EP, just the support album, so I'm gonna shout him out. I wanna shout out Jimmy Smooth, man who uh, actually initiated the idea to the support album. Um, Even though we kind of came to an impasse, it's still all love, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I appreciate him actually connecting me with someone who I knew already and played baseball with who actually put forth a dope album on, on child support because there's a lot of jewels in there that I know went over people's heads, but that album will always be there. And that album was always done in love um, in regards to my daughter. I wanted to shout out me and everybody that, you know, support me and that I have connected with over the years. Charlie Smart's from Cooley High, Styles P, Rhonda Ray from Germany. Shout out Lynn Motley, who recorded the first album to support EP. Shout out all my producers, Stevie Glencorn, Go Nye, Joe Mill, James Ingram, not the James Ingram who passed, but the other James Ingram. Uh, Father above, which I should have thanked him first. Uh, and that, when I say above, I actually mean uh, uh, above and also within, because I feel like, you know, God is within all of us. So I want to make that clear. And I kind of touch on that on the album. Uh, the album will be on all digital media. Uh, you could follow me on Instagram, Kimani. It's K-I-M-A-N-I 330. Uh, I also have a YouTube page with a lot of dope content. Uh, you could just type in Mr. Smith, type in Old Soul, type in Mr. Smith Old Soul, and you'll be able to subscribe to my YouTube page. I also want to shout out November Williams. I want to shout out Cons. Uh, I'm trying to think some other people that I've worked with. Shout out World Renal. Uh, I'm trying to think of all of my producers. If I missed you, it's all love. Um, I think that's I think that's about it. The album drops at midnight February 13th, which is my birthday. Um, definitely shout out and happy birthday to Jay Dilla. Shout out to Uncle Herm and Herm Jr., man, I appreciate y'all for allowing me to shoot that video in the donut shop to allow Jay Dilla's legacy to live on. Who you who else would you know going to create an album on their deathbed and create a masterpiece, man? Yeah. So man, I got a lot of respect for Dilla for that. Uh, and I also want to definitely shout out my family, you know, for supporting me in all of this, you know, because, uh, you know, without them, like, I definitely... You know, wouldn't be where I'm at right now without my family, you know. So shout out all those people. Again, if I miss you, it's all love. i get you on the next one. And I just want to thank uh, thank all my fans and supporters. And I want to thank uh, you as well for allowing me to uh, talk about the album and connect with you over this uh, glorious day that we've never seen, for real, you know. So that's appreciate cool. it.
3: Yeah, definitely man. I'm I'm really grateful to to sit down with you and and to have this conversation. Um you know, I have my own personal bias being born and raised in Akron. I always want to see people shine from from home. But, you know, and the, the, you know, like you said, it's it's universal. It's 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 something that we feel that we can give to other people through the gift of music, man. And um I'm grateful to be able to have shared your music. Uh I forgot that I had the um the old soul was on my podcast like like a year and some change ago man i played that track and and i you know i've been i've been following it man and it's so uh, amazing to me to see people growing man to see people's careers expanding and and other people rocking with the movement um so yeah man thank you for sitting down with me um i personally again i want to thank my my constituents, my producer, love. She's working hard over there behind the boards. Uh, she got everything figured out in a very short amount of time. She says she's not a wizard, but I think she might be lying. Um, and shout out Triv, who's having a Super Bowl party right now, which is why, you know, we have the clutch movement. Shout out to my boy K Fly, who's on vacation, and I'm hella jealous. And um, you know, shout out to anybody who listens to this, anybody that tells a friend. Um, I personally, yeah, man, much. I gotta continuously show gratitude to God for for getting me in this seat and for allowing me to just have the blessing. Like I say, I don't, I'm not here for a monetary thing. I just love this culture. I love the experience, my life thus far. Uh, my mom, I shout her out every week because obviously, you know, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. And um, man, just worldwide people having this feeling and and being able to share this stuff with each other. Uh, with that being said, man, on the triple five 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 five, which is one of my angel numbers, man, I'm gonna sign. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let us. Uh, we're gonna leave you with "Sky High" from Mr. Smith off the More Love EP, which drops February 13th at midnight. And um, please go out and support that, man. Pick it up if you can. Stream it where and when you can. The project is dope. You heard a couple tracks today. You already know the vibe is incredible, man. And with that, man, I'll see you all next week. Peace and respect. My name is Nanski One, RNS
0: Radio. Shout out two more people that's on the album, actually four. Shout out Nakasso, Lyricist of the Year, on this track here, Sky High. Shout out Joey Yende, And shout out my producers for this album. Rudy Ray and Drib. you guys are awesome. Love y'all, man. Love all y'all. There love is. is love. We need more love, less hate, for real.
3: For real, for real. More love, less hate. And um, with that being said, here's Sky High. We're about to take y'all out.
4: I could choose how I live, but don't decide how I die. Tomorrow ain't promised. Take advantage of time. I know the power went 16. Every line up a rhyme, I'm accountable for every thought on my mind. Be in the world, not of it. Don't get caught up in the design. It's all about balance. Yin and yang, they gotta align. Blessings come after every challenge assigned it's only one power and that power there is divine i know it's hard to manage a co world to leave you damaged keep your head to the planets with no intention of landing i know it's hard to manage your cold world to leave you damaged keep your head to the planets with no intention of landing
1: sexually with my love in the backseat of that tesla wishful thoughts we emerging when we was down now we extra straight more love less hate aboriginal section 8 ethics surgical but i need more patience you sign 360s my niggas circle blocks for guap on that street rotation my hot headed brother said keep on blazing You've been blacking out more than whites Through BLM stages with emo phases Lessons I messed up became lessons in disguise Did some soul corrections Spared a lot of spirits kept alive While you loaded weapons They got a load of me You felt the vibes Picture flow, aesthetic Be aesthetic or cope with God They wondering what is the outcome Of the income with the work now I found so much space within When I write, I'm leaving earth out It's a mystery how this world ends up managed I'm far from a star, But my ideas Salt with the planet, some sky high
4: my ascension far from perfect i know it ain't nothing wrong with repent and asking spirit to god so i complete the mission keep my head to the sky Cause it's hot in the devil's kitchen, took some losses. Now it's time to read the additions. Be still, go within, show discipline, gotta listen, more love. But oftentimes all I see is affliction and addiction. It's natural ways, quick to offer prescription, divine protection. Smith, giving up in addiction. I know it's hard to manage a world to leave you damaged. Keep your head to the planets with no intention of landing. I know it's hard to manage a world to leave you. Keep your head to the planets with no intention of landing